All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header Podcast. I'm Chris, a.k.a. Not the Fake Webby, and I will be joined, of course, by Hal Bridius, a.k.a. Jake. How's it going, Jake? Uh, Arsenal won today, so I'm doing know. great. It's a good day. Um, yeah, got yeah, I'm riding Revenge high. on Southampton. Yeah, so, and, like, theoretically a good team, so I still have another 30 minutes to watch. I'm very excited. All right, so today we're going to go back to our usual format of the three takes from last week um, that we saw and three takes we kind of hope to see in the next week. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. So do you want to go first this week? I feel like I've been usually going first. Uh, sure. So I guess one of the obvious ones is that we saw a lot of Seku minutes and mm-hmm. and he looks good. Mm-hmm. And I think even more importantly, we saw Seku minutes without Derek Rose and he looks even better. Yep. So, um, maybe just maybe he's earned some time and maybe playing with you know teammates that pass to him in transition especially Josh Jackson has really looked for him in transition and just generally playing without the guy who monopolizes the ball mm-hmm. is good for him yeah that was one of my notes as well and he looked really good especially well it was mainly those two games against the 76ers but he looked very comfortable in the offense, which I think was something crucial. He played some pretty damn good defense when he was in there. Um, he had one, I think it was against Korkmaz, where he like locked him up, and Korkmaz just puts out like a 35-footer and drains it. And I'm like, Seku, you tried your best. That was <laughs> yeah. damn good. There's, there's yeah. nothing you can do about that. No. Nope. But he looked good, especially like the offense end was something that I feel like is more of his struggle. And he looked comfortable once he got the minutes. So that's kind of one of the things we've been harping on, but... If we give him that run, I think we can expect a little bit more of that, or at least hope to see it. So, I'm all down for that. Yeah, on the defense, like he's still doing this thing where he defends with his body a bit, and like I don't know how he's supposed to win this because he got punished last year for defending with his hips. So now he's defending with his chest, and guys are bouncing off him because I think like I I think people might underestimate how like big Seku is. Mm-hmm. You know, he is packing some weight at this point. He He's, like, moving guys. There's been a couple times where, like, people I know come in at 230 have charged into Seku and bounced off. Yeah. And he's there cool. are times now where guys will, like, they'll do the thing where they initiate contact into him and they bounce off and Seku gets called for a rookie foul. And it's like, well, I don't know what you want <laughs> out of him because that's he's doing what he's supposed to like that's a good defensive play and it's not his fault they're on the ground mm-hmm. um and so that's i don't he's gonna have to learn how to deal with that i guess because refs aren't gonna change but i don't know what really that looks like at this point that's just something that he'll learn to get around as you know time goes on and he gets you know more and I, th- I thought he time. did like he stopped defending with his hips you know so i was like oh wow in the preseason stuff when we were seeing a bit more I was like wow he's he's kind of really corrected that and it's just like okay so he's now only going to be able to purely absorb contact and go back like if he actually uses his strength he's just not allowed to play basketball anymore that drives me insane I it's one of those things where as a coach I don't know what you can tell him to do that isn't instructing him to play bad defense like okay, give ground, Seku. Like what? He's he, you don't have to do that. That's not in the rules that you should have to give ground to some guy driving just so he doesn't bounce off you. That I don't know. Uh, that's just more. I think a that's less on Seku. I think that's more just today's NBA and as a whole and the lack of it the is, rules preventing defense. So and it's just like 
I feel bad for him because I want him to stay on the floor, but he's going to get two random fouls because some guy drives into him, and then there's nothing he can do about it. And so he's going to yeah. get punished for a mistake that isn't a mistake, and he doesn't have a, a lot of room to get punished at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say we've been seeing a lot of him, like, um, switching up to, like, the top of the D and just, like, patrolling yeah. the arc. Yeah. And my God, is he long. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just swallowing possessions and passing lanes and driving people crazy, even when he's not doing that much. Mm-hmm. There's been some stuff where, like, he and Saban Lee have done some rotations between the two of them at the top of the arc, and it just bamboozles people with how active they are. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I've been really happy with, with Seku Minutes. I think I'm definitely looking forward to, like, later in this year, maybe seeing some lineups where we have Josh Axon, Seku, and Jeremy Grant at, like, the two through four. Yeah. and Or even, like, three through five, and just long arms, defensive length, and they'd just be, like, wreaking havoc on the defensive end so yeah you should be able to put like a dell on right josh jackson or yeah, sadiq bay and seku and grant and then maybe stewart at center mm-hmm. and like you're gonna be able to play a zone while also playing a man defense scheme like you're just gonna be that long and it's that's yeah. pretty cool not to bury the league but i do have more thoughts on that later so we'll get to that later first um i have to so you got to start off on a nice like good happy note um, I'm going the opposite direction. Um, we got exposed this week down low. Clint Capella and Joel Embiid and even John Collins and Ben Simmons to smaller extents just annihilated the Pistons. Like, how often do you see a 25 and 25? Uh, the answer is not that often. Cat oh, hey, did we're it in Pistons fans. We saw that all the time the last couple of years because Andre Drummond is a monster. Andre Drummond didn't have a 25 and 25 since 20, I think, 14 or 2015. Like, we saw close to it, but him actually, Capella actually doing it, and someone who's not, Capella's not known for being this dominant center. He's a good center. I don't think anyone's going to say that or disagree with that, but he's not in that upper echelon dominant center, and he could do whatever he wanted against the Pistons, and John Collins as well. So while I think that's, the Hawks are kind of a hard case because, you know they have they play two big men and they kind of they do kind of bang down low, which you wouldn't really expect a team based around Jr. to be doing. Uh, but between that and Embiid, who I mean everyone every Pistons fan knows what Embiid is capable of, they were just they got whatever they wanted. Embiid looked like Shaq, like he was just getting right to the lane, getting easy layups. In the game that he did play against us, like it, it was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, so, the Embiid one doesn't bug me as much. Like, he was just well, doing Embiid yeah. things, and he's an MVP candidate, and he's going to do Embiid things. You know, the Capella one, it was like, just get a body. Like, why are we not putting a body on him? Well, specifically in the Hawks game, what I was noticing was just kind of like a... I don't know if it was a lack of communication or just a lack of effort, but there were a lot of times when it'd be like a screen and roll, and Capella or Collins were wide open. Or it'd be a screen, they had a one pass, and someone would rotate wrong, and they got an easy layup. There was just so many just defensive lapses in that game that specifically down low would have been probably the difference in getting a win there in, that, in a close game. So that, that game especially really frustrated me watching. I've got some stuff on this for part two, but yeah, there's been some issues with like not putting bodies on guys and just like, why are we not making these simple plays and mm-hmm. i think 
Coach Casey's got to be pretty frustrated with that because it's not an issue with his rookies. Yeah, no. Like, that's not uh, Isaiah Stewart that's causing you to have rebounding issues. Now, Stewart's not a great defensive rebounder, and we've talked about that a bit. Well, yeah, we the, talked about that last week. A couple weeks ago, well. but... Um, yeah, it, it's... We'll, we'll get onto that later. Well, I mean, one more quick wrap-up I had on this one was... And I, you already taken one of my points for this one, so <laughs> I got <laughs> to get my words in here. Uh, but you can kind of see what having uh, Mason, Mason Plumley, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna commit to learn that by the end of the year. But having Plumley instead of, you know, ah, oh, crap. Now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, who was the center that we traded for from the Hawks? Wood? And then we, no, from the Hawks. Oh, Deadman. Deadman. So like, going with. Uh, Mason Plumley over Dwayne Dedman. Dedman, who's someone who's a much better defensive rebounder, known for being a defensive center, versus Plumley, who's very much an offensive center and can get offensive rebounds, but defensively is definitely lacking. Like you kind of saw what happened there, and I mean that's something that I'm going to harp on. I don't think as many people are going to say the same thing because of what Plumley can bring bring to the table offensively. But the one that really hurts me, and we saw him play. Us, uh, what, Monday night or Sunday night? Uh, which oh, was Tony, Tony Bradley. Bradley. Yeah. 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 Like, we decided to take Jalil Okafor instead of Tony Bradley. And, I mean, I like the gamble on Jalil Okafor, but in like a vacuum. But going with him over Bradley is just, uh, it's, it's hard to defend that, that choice. Yeah, and it shows the, this team needs that right well, now. Well, and it was, you know, um, because free agency, am I am I wrong in saying free agency came before the draft this year? Yeah, it was all that and the Bradley and everything else just kind of stretched out into oblivion. But you know, so like, why did you sign Jaleel Okafor so early? Yeah, that was like a day one thing, right? Like I, it, right? It's one of the, it. It keeps bothering me. Like, I get taking a gamble on Jaleel Okafor. I don't agree with it because I don't like Jaleel Okafor, but why did you do it so early? Because you can find yeah. Jaleel Okafor's whenever. Especially um, at the center position. If you're taking a gamble on like a a wing you like, okay, that's you know worth a day one gamble or the early in the week gamble. But like there's bigs for days. Like you can like, find I, a talented young big just walking down the street almost at this I point. Get, I, I get that you didn't know you were going to have Stewart at that time, I think. If my timeline is correct, but just it doesn't make a lot of sense. I yeah, and it frustrates me because again, my whole thing coming into this season was empowering young guys. You know, I was a big well, no, the the free agency must come <laughs> after the draft because I was all about Plumley right away. Yeah, the so, draft I think was like so it, it makes was like a week at, week before. Yeah, no, but it was uh, it free agency should come before the draft, but. Regardless, yeah. like, you need to – the dynamic there just never made any sense. And it's it makes less sense now because, you know, you're putting Jaleel Okafor in now as your third big to plug the gaps when other people are fouling. And guess what? Jaleel Okafor fouls more than they do. Yeah. So we have no, we have no safe option right now, especially the way Mason's playing. So how many, how many games has Mason fouled out of? Like five in a row. Yeah. It's like every game, it's like, why is Mason... Oh, right, he fouled out. Yeah. So, um, my second one here is that uh, Josh Jackson is showing signs of life again, which is really good. Like, we're just seeing a healthy Josh. 
Yep. He's got a heartbeat. We're starting to see him like get up and down in transition. He's making transition passes. He's hitting a few shots. His shot still isn't there, but he's starting to hit like some of the mid ranges and he's just playing a lot more confidently. Um, I think his, his actual defense, not just the blocks. There's been a lot of people being like, wow, Josh defense or Josh Jackson's playing great defense. And it's like, no, he was those first couple games back. He was getting like a few blocks and then he was getting toasted in isolation and it was kind of getting ignored, and that's that hasn't been the case the last couple of games. So it's it's just nice to see Josh Jackson not sucking anymore. I mean, I think he's done pretty decently defensively. He's had some good like times where he stepped in the passing lane and picked off a pass, and I think right. he's shown well, yes, he's flashes of me. But he's you, had some you would expect that. But from he's him. also gotten like he was getting burnt yeah. the first couple of games back, and he was getting a lot of praise for his defense because he's got recovery athleticism up the wazoo, but. He mm-hmm. was he was not good defensively coming out of that injury. So he's he's gotten back to I, I don't think he's been as good as he on that end as he was pre injury, but he's gotten back to the point where he's not a detriment anymore, so that's good to see. Yep. Yeah. It's good to see him back. I think I don't know because we haven't been starting him, and I feel like that's probably the right thing, but at the same I like time him I feel much like better on the bench unit right now. I like him better coming off the bench, but I feel like he's done a maybe in just this has happened recently, and I've just noticed it. But I feel like he's done a good job to like attacking the defensive class, which I think we need a little bit more of. I just don't see how he fits in offensively in that starting rotation. But I think right now the starting group is kind of starting to gel. Yeah, it, but before when he was shooting really well, he they put him in the starting rotation, then he got hurt right away, but. It made sense then, and unless he, if he's not shooting the forty percent from three, then it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yep. All right. So moving on, I got one uh, last one here. Um, so I got to take a little bit of crow on this one as well. The jerseys that I still don't entirely like the alternative Motor City jerseys. The blue and red yeah. ones. Yeah. Or the like. Yeah, the blue, red, silver. Those ones. They're better than I thought they were going to be. They look blue a little bit better silver. on a basketball. Are you t- the, not the not the gray ones, right? You're not talking about the gray ones with the blue red trim. You're talking about the no, blue not ones not the with heavy the red, red ones. With the blue ones, yes, with yeah, the Motor yeah, City yeah. around the front thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. I was gonna say the gray ones still make me sad. The gray ones are still just disappointment for what they could be. They're but awful. These ones, I think, what I figured out because we wore them what twice this last week. Yeah. But I think it was they were in the first the first game of this last week that we've been covering in I think it was just looking at them from behind which you see a lot more in a basketball game I really like kind of the like light gray silver lettering and the pants are actually pretty nice that's something I didn't really I guess recognize at the time but the pants I kind of I really dig I still think the front is not great but I don't think it's you know as bad as some of these other like what are they the city jerseys I don't think they're as bad as some of the other ones that we have in the league so well, I said it the at Celtics the time when they dropped, like, no, they're not world beaters. But you know what's really nice? Having really bright, vibrant jerseys. Like, I really like the the texture on the side stripes, on the red stripes. Like, it just gives it a little bit of something. And, like, no, the logo isn't my favorite, like, logo that's ever been on a jersey. But it's something new and something different than the stupid bubble font Pistons that's been on every jersey forever. Like they're <laughs> yeah. it's different and you know, like you say, just when you're watching on TV, like 
when we're wearing those, we have the most colorful jerseys on the court. Yeah. Which is just, like, it's very noticeable and very cheery and fun compared to, like, when we are wearing those drab gray pieces of <laughs> I was going to say, the gray ones. <laughs> and you just, like, you Good feel sad watching two. your team. And you don't feel that with these. And <laughs> that makes them the best Pistons jerseys of, like, the last 15 years. So, uh, That's yeah. a sterling endorsement. They don't That's... make you feel bad while watching the team. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's a low bar to clear with the Pistons, but these ones clear it. So I've been happy enough with them. Am I going to go out and buy them? Oh, hell no. Uh, uh, pro- uh, probably not. No. I'm, <laughs> might, <laughs> might I wander over to DH Gate and see if I can get a Killian Hayes knockoff? Maybe. 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 I would, oh, God. I can't even imagine what DH Gate would do to these. These dresses with the fine print. Oof. <laughs> the, uh... The, the China tariffs might be the uh, determining factor there. Yeah. If it, if it starts right. costing me 35 bucks, no. <laughs> no thanks. I mean, I, th- I still think the Pistons need a rebrand, but these are not too bad. That's, yeah, that's well, my main point. Yeah, no, I agree. These are these are a step in the right direction. All right, you still got one more? Uh, yeah, sure. I have one more. Um, so, how about the... Like, the Jeremy Grant fouling thing is just weird to me. Like, the fact that he mm-hmm. can't draw fouls on very obvious fouls. Yeah. I think it, it was especially against the Sixers. It looked like he had a lot of ones where he's going and trying to get a call, and the rest were like, nope, not happening. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where, like, he is getting hacked by mm-hmm. multiple people, and he's falling down and his limbs are going crazy, and I don't think he could flop into something that makes it more obvious that he just got fouled. And then we just walk it off, I guess. And this continues to be a thing where, like, Blake Griffin, like, does his little head fake thing and gets a call, and, like, it's not a foul. He wasn't fouled. And he gets the call. And sure, that's a benefit to Detroit, but it's always disappointed me because I'm, you know me. I'm harsh on refs, and I'm. If That's I'm going to be known for, if I'm going to be harsh <laughs> on brand. refs, I have to also be harsh on people who are, you know, flopping and whatever, and like taking advantage of it. You, it it just it really bothers me that these. It, it just makes it so obvious how much of this stuff is reputation based when you get guys like Blake or Joel Embiid who just get calls whenever they want them. Mm-hmm. And yet Jeremy Grant's like getting fouled in the same game twice as hard by the same person and doesn't get the call. Well, I'd put it even farther. I'd say his matchup against Ben Simmons. I felt like Simmons got a couple like very easy jumping into someone who's just contesting a shot fouls. And he was yeah. getting away with it. And I'm like, where are these in the other end for Jeremy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Jeremy's it, getting like bowled over. And I don't yeah. know like Next year, is he going to come into the league? And, and like, he could be averaging eight free throws a game right now. Easy. And I, I don't think he's... I, I don't want to pull up the stats and get all these clicky noises that I have to edit out of the podcast to be completely Well, he's at... Oh, well, nope, I'm at the wrong section. I was going to go by 436. But, he's getting six. He's still getting six a game. So. so he's getting six a game, but there's also been games where he's had, like, three. Yeah. And, and I distinctly remember one game where he got one call plus like two technical free throws and he went to the rim like 11 times and it's just like Mm -hmm. that math doesn't work out 
an average NBA player has a free throw rate of like 20%, and a mm-hmm. pretty good one has a free throw rate of like 40%, and Jeremy Grant should be like 45% right now. And yeah. So he's yeah. going hard. Yeah, we talked about it before. He's he's going yeah. to the rim. He's trying to right. get the he's top. he's he's at the rim. He's he's taking a few mid range shots, but you know, there's there was like one game where he, uh, I think it was the first Sixers game where he was really struggling. Mm-hmm. And like he was doing the thing where you you shoot pull ups and stuff because you're struggling. You, you and like fine, okay, you don't get your free throws then. But yeah, I I need to see Jeremy Grant getting his due at the stripe. Yep. All right, so moving on to some of the things we want to see next week. So my first one I'm going to start off here, which we already kind of talked about a little bit, um, was seeing a little bit more small ball. Um, I specifically kind of noticed it. I think it was against the Sixers. This isn't really going to narrow it down, but (laughs) in one of the games where Mason Plumlee fouled out, (laughs) and we ended up with Stewart playing the five to close it out and Grant the four. And I felt like that spacing, especially, it was, yeah, it was the first game against the Sixers because Blake wasn't playing, which is why he wasn't on the floor. Um, but yeah, with Grant the four, and Stewart especially at the five, somebody who's mobile and kind of run around on offense, I really kind of liked how it spread out the floor and how it allowed Grant to kind of go to work a little bit more and go against someone who he was maybe a little bit quicker than a little more comfortable against. So that was something that I noticed, picked up on, and I'm like... I, why haven't we seen more of this? And especially once you include it out with some of the like defensive or like long wings that can play good defense and kind of guard multiple positions in Jackson, in Bay, in Seku. Like, we need to see a little bit more of this. And I'm kind of surprised now that I think about it that, first of all, we haven't seen more of it. And second of all, we haven't picked up on it because this team is kind of built for it in a lot of ways to go small ball and kind of have switchable defenders and just kind of go at it. Well, and Stewart isn't even really the small ball guy. Like, we I mean, saw... no, but I like what he can do, like, getting in the offensive class and stuff like that while not being... I feel like he... I feel like he's a, a touch more potential defensively than Mason Plumley has at the moment. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> we... we the, the more important thing to me is we saw, like, Blake got a few scant minutes at the five a couple games mm-hmm. ago, and it was, like, Blake and Seku at the four and the five to close out a game because uh, I think Stewart was in foul trouble. And, like, yeah. that's really interesting to me. I will forever be on the Seku at the five train. Like, I think he has oh, some yeah. potential there, and those are small ball line Like, there's that's no fun, reason we... Yeah. I, I don't understand why we haven't tried a Seku-Grant front court yet. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we can't rebound out of there, but I want to see it for four minutes in the third quarter. Well, the thing about that is, guess what? We we can't rebound as it is, so <laughs> what's <Right>. the negative? <laughs> but also, what are like, we losing if I put Seku and Grant... Like, and Seku has actually been rebounding pretty well. Like, he, mm-hmm. there was the one game... It was the Hawks game. We're getting the shit kicked, our shit kicked oh, yeah. on the boards, yeah. and Seku comes in, he plays four minutes and has, like, six boards, and then he didn't get back in the game. And he was the only player to, like, actually have a productive rebounding game. And I mm-hmm. don't understand. That was one of the things where Dwayne Casey's rotations drove me nuts because that was an adjustment I thought he should make. Yep. Um, that was one of my earlier yeah, notes I, was about Seku and that he changed it around in the later game. So. <laughs> um, and then, like, the last Philly game, the, the one that was uh, Monday night, I did not think he was that great on the boards, which was disappointing. 
because I thought he really worked hard on that in previous matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I'd love to see Seku at some five. I'd love to see. Um, uh, Dwayne Casey said he talked to Blake about playing some more at the five. I don't love Blake at the five lineups because he's just not good right now, and I think that just makes it worse. Unless maybe you're playing a zone, but like I yeah anything anything to get more athleticism on the floor is, is fine with me. Yeah, I agree. Um, so in a similar vein, my first thing that, and we talked about this a bit earlier is like, I need to see more emphasis on rebounding. Yep. I, I'm, I'm so exhausted by not seeing guys, <clears throat> Blake, <clears throat> Mason, uh, mm-hmm. boxing out. I'm, I'm exhausted by seeing, um, guys go for tips instead of like going to get boards. You're just trying to tip it out. Like. It can't continue. These are the things that, if you're trying to build a winning culture, that can't keep going. You can't keep giving up rebounds like that. Because mm-hmm. that's that should be something this team is taking pride in. Yeah, I feel like they have a lot of heart, this team. But on the boards is definitely not a place where they show it. That's been, I think, definitely the biggest detriment to this team and it really kind of I feel like they've had some good flashes of playing good team defense and then it gets screwed up because no one boxed out and there's a wide open putback. Well, so. and it's like Grant and uh, or not Grant um though Grant has actually become a reasonable rebounder. He's getting a volume of rebounds like he never did before, but um Jackson and Wright mm-hmm. are both like solid rebounders for the guard position. Jackson's a really good rebounder. Yeah. Um, especially a really good defensive rebounder. So, like, just box out and your guards will get the boards. I don't care who gets the boards. I just want to see more effort put into that. Yeah. Honestly, Delon's done a pretty, for a point guard, he's had some pretty good rebounding games. I mean, he's like 6'4 like. or something with long arms. Yeah, I mean, he, he should, should be. be. <laughs> he should be good in the, on, on the boards, excuse me. Yeah. All right. So, my thing that I want to see a little bit more of uh, coming up in this next week that I know we've already seen. Um, a decent bit amount, a decent amount of it, um, is just more plays for Wade Ellington. <laughs> He's looked really fucking good, and I, I, I have to bite so much crow because I was so harsh on him to come into the season. But he's come out. He's played really well. I mean, he looks like our second best scorer besides Grant. <laughs> like, would you disagree with that statement that he, he's looked like the second best scorer on the Pistons? The last well, two weeks. I don't weeks. think you can. I, I mean, I fought you last week about his trade value, but who wants to give up a first for Wayne Ellington right now? I don't know if I could make it a late <laughs> first, maybe I, if he I, keeps I, us up, I, but not I, right I think I think Wayne Ellington's worth like a top ten pick right now. He's just blowing... If he's playing like this, I mean... Hmm, well, you might have to get lower than lottery protections. Like it is, It is just so much fun. Like, he's one of those guys where... He reminds me a lot of like Duncan Robinson at Michigan, where he's just constantly sprinting. Like Wayne yep. Ellington is never, you know, and this this is why um, I talked to you so, last week about like how he doesn't necessarily fit with like LeBron stuff in my mind, and it's mm-hmm. not because he's not a good shooter, it's because Wayne Ellington's all motions. Like he's he's running around all the time. You know, he's not the guy who sits in the corner and waits for you to do a pick and roll and catches. No, no, no. You know, he's sprinting off handoffs and, and mm-hmm. you know, herky-jerky random cuts in the lane and just all energy. And then, oh, Wayne Ellington's open. And, like, 
it's a hell of a lot of fun when you're in a, the middle of a really bad season and nothing so, else is going to work for you. I, I do have to stop you before you get too far along with that take because any Pistons fan over the age of like, what, probably 25 is going to be pissed that you're mentioning Duncan Robinson, not Rip Hamilton, because that was Rip Hamilton. So I got to I gotta Rip throw Hamilton that part out there. Rip Hamilton didn't take threes, though. He didn't take threes, no, but threes weren't really a, as big of a thing back then, but... He sure as hell was running 24-7. That no, man I mean, had the that's, stamina that's a, of, a fair I don't even comparison. know. Yeah, I just, I remember so, so vividly over the last couple of years of Michigan broadcasts and, and like guys like Dan Dockage being like, and that's how you do it. You sprint into no, your cops, no, you know. No, don't say Dan Dockage. She's not allowed in this podcast. <laughs> that's the one good thing he's ever said. In the corner. No, he's never said a good thing. We, we allowed the John Beeline praise and the Duncan Robinson praise and the rest of it can go in the bin. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it there before we get to before we start <laughs> praising Dan fucking Dockage. God, go on to your take. Um, okay, I have two here, and I'm trying to pick which one I wanna I wanna do. Um, let's let's go with the the really hot take. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> really hot take. Can we please lose games? Maybe a little a little more losing. With like, hey, they've done a lot of they, losing. <laughs> I, I want slightly bigger margins of losing. Yeah, they have kept everything close. <laughs> like, you're actually kind of convincing me that maybe you could like win a couple games in a row and like accidentally end up fifth. Fifth? <laughs> you're little like uh, fifth. Fifth? Like like oh, fifth, 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 oh. fifth, fifth in the just like like oh oops we accidentally ended up with like. Out of the lot, the like if you end up third, fine, because you're because all the the odds are flat. But like, slow your roll, guys. <laughs> I mean, you can't be you can't get too good. I mean, because like it's, we're we're like who's, Jeremy who's Grant, gonna, tur- like turning who's gonna the, be below us. <laughs> like uh, we could we could go on a winning streak, and there's still we're still well, not gonna be catching anyone. Well, I mean, we have the win loss thing, but like the Pistons' net rating is like way higher than their record. Yeah. The, I mean, part the of Pistons' net rating says yeah. they should be like twenty second or something like that. I haven't I haven't looked it up in a while, but it's better than this. So just guys, guys, let's lose some by eleven. Yeah, I mean, you gotta give it's it's hustle, it's heart, and it's that's what you get when you go out and spend money in free agency on a bad team. You're gonna at least stick in some games. So that 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 was why. I, well, I mean, I don't think know, they intended to have this out of Jeremy Grant. Eh. I mean, they, they, were they thought they were to. making a gamble for the future. They didn't think they were going to get Jeremy Grant carrying them to this kind of production. I think they expected not maybe not as good as he's been, but I think they expected something decent out of him. So now, mind you, I don't think he's going to be carrying. I don't think they were expecting him to be carrying him to wins. No, but eh, I think they were. They were. They were. Maybe it balances out the fact that I think they expected Blake Griffin to be functional. Yeah. So. So. All right. Moving on to my take, which I think kind of. Your take correlates pretty well, which is I want them to start being productive in trade talks. Or proactive, not productive, that as well, but mainly being proactive in trade talks. There's rumors today about Derrick Rose being, uh, teams being interested in Derrick Rose, specifically the Clippers, which makes a lot of sense, and the Knicks, which Tibbs, I guess. So, like, well, if these the Knicks have are been, up, like, good in weird ways, so they're trying to figure been, out how they can stay... Like, the Knicks are trying to push for a, a play-in tournament season yeah. type thing, so it makes sense. They've, they've not been good for a while. They want to give people something. 
Well, the weird thing is that I think he would actually be really good on the Knicks. If you give us... I don't know what kind of return we'd be getting on him because they just drafted quickly as point guard and they think the world of him, so he's not being traded. Is it Moutier so, they have? No, they have uh, Alfred Payton. Payton. Who, like, you probably have to take Payton back just because like you need I'm not a opposed point guard. Taking, I'm not opposed to taking him back. I think Payton's um, actually... I don't think then, he's going to be anything more than the end of a rotation point guard, but I think he'd, no, he'd be a bench well, player. Th- that's the thing. Like, you need a bench guard right now while Killian's out. And that's the annoying thing is, like, with Killian out, you basically have to get in return a guard. Like, you really don't want to go bargain bin diving for, like, the worst point guard in Europe or something to come over. Mm -hmm. So just with Killian being out, it kind of puts a limit on your returns unless you also move something else for a point guard. Whether that's trading, you know, flipping Svi for someone else's point guard maybe to, you know, something like that. Or I don't know if Wayne is can get you a point guard in return something like that but well if we make the trade with the knicks <laughs> they do have point guards at the fucking wazoo <laughs> but like i don't want frankie if you don't smokes. want yeah it's frankie smokes you got dennis smith jr i Alfred also don't Payton. want dennis smith jr yeah you're you're not gonna want anyone but i mean like you don't like, really have that choice the, th- the thing is like peyton i know exactly who he is i have absolutely no um what is it? There's no delusions that Peyton is going to like come in and become some wonderful player. Like he's going to come in and be a 15 minute a game point guard while we need a 15 minute. Like Frankie smokes, people are going to be like, oh, play him and develop him. And it's like, nope. And Dennis Smith Jr. is like, oh, he could be a superstar. And it's like, no, he, he can't stop. And I don't want to deal with either of those. So I don't really want that. But like if you traded Derek for like Alfred Peyton and some second rounders fine i think they actually have a couple of ours here's the thing yeah they do have it looks like two of ours god why did we just give uh all right no i'm not gonna go back in that take um what i would actually be kind of gunning for is that the knicks do have two what are probably going to be late first i'm still trying to read all this because there's so many things going on but specifically i'd be trying to see what you can do to get dallas's first round pick that the Knicks have uh for next year I think so that I like, with Dallas's slow start, it's going to be really hard to pry that out of them. Because uh, Dallas feel, is under five hundred right now, and that's, you'd, that's think, what, you'd think they'd get better. But if that pick, you know, if they think that pick has a fifty percent chance of of accidentally falling into the lottery, it, you're not getting it. I mean, now, they could lottery protect it, it, but yeah. I don't know. But regardless, stuff like that, where I want to see them right now. We should be talking right now to figure out these trade pieces. You shouldn't be waiting until the end. No, you definitely need to know what your market is, and you need to be able to feel out when it's changing so that you can pounce yep. good or bad. And you know Rose has to move this year. Like, there's, It makes no sense for him to stay on this team. Absolutely has to. He needs to move. Blake, if you can get it, would be a good move. If you can get anything for a DeLon Wright or, a, you know, my boy <laughs> Wayne Ellington, or any of these other guys who are expiring or on short deals, go for it. But just be proactive and see what you can do. And you could say one thing. Uh, our boy has definitely been proactive. So we'll see if he keeps it up in the season. <laughs> All right. Um, do I have another one that I need to get out of here? you say you had your less hot take or whatever? Um, so I actually had three. So let's go with this. Uh, I would like to see Mason Plumley take shit seriously. Yeah. For like 10 minutes. He's been awful. 
in every sense. Like we talked about the rebounding and Mason Plumlee's at the heart of some of the rebounding issues, but it's also, he's not engaged defensively even a little bit. He's Mm -hmm. constantly doing the, the taking the ball in transition bullshit, which like he has that in his locker when he's trying hard and paying attention, but you're not. So you're just turning the ball over. You're making your backdoor passes that were going off in the the first couple games. You're not really bothering to execute them correctly. And like the last six attempts have been turnover. Just all of this is not okay. I need mm-hmm. you to, like you were brought in to be a leader, an example. Like that's what you were, that's what I argued in his favor for. If you're not doing that, you are sh- worthless. Like we knew you were going to struggle defensively, and you have to try hard and execute and be an example to the kids. Isaiah Stewart is outplaying him oh, by yeah. a massive degree right now, and that you, Isaiah Stewart's a rookie. You you can't be having that. Have a little bit of pride. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your other take? You said you had two. Uh, I want quick, more rest go, games. Go. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Like, we're finally seeing them be, just be like, ah, Blake and Derek are out for um, undisclosed reasons. And it's yeah. like, yes, please keep doing that. <laughs> I, I enjoy that very it's much. Like Blake ate I, a bad burrito at lunch. He's going to miss tonight. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Be just, mm, shucks. Uh, you know, like, I need one Derek Rose game a week, and, like, you can trot Blake out for 26 minutes a game once or twice, you know, every three games. And we're good. Yeah, more rest games. I'm liking mm-hmm. that. Let's keep yep. that up. I agree. All right. Anything else before we sign off for the week? Um, not really. Maybe a little bit of housekeeping. I joined a uh, fellow Pistons Twitter member, Kuka Hill, for his uh, uh, Coos Ballroom podcast. I think that went up Saturday. Um, and we talked a lot about Seku and some of the rotational stuff. And um, some stuff about Dwayne Casey. So check that out and give Koo a follow if you haven't because Koo is great. Yep. Um, All the love to Koo. Shout Koo. And then um, we might have a soccer pod come up soon. <laughs> We've had enough arguments offline that there should be a damn soccer pod coming any day now. Uh, friend of the podcast, Nate Parks, who's been on soccer pods from the last couple of years has has hinted that he's he's ready to uh get his his take cannons loaded for another one. So I don't I don't know if that'll happen this week, next week, three years from now, but it's in the works. We're processing. Um so yeah, other than that, just thank people for listening and uh we'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks as always guys. Have a good week. Peace out. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.